we're starting a new sermon series today called Nest. And I'm really excited for this one. This one's really special. It's really unique. And we're really looking at the life that happens around a nest. We have our new stage decor up. We got the new graphic. We got the new bulletins out. It's all new. Um, And in preparing for this nest sermon series, I was remembering when my wife and I had gone on this Alaskan cruise. So it was before we had kids. (laughs) I was like, how did we do that with children? (laughs) We didn't have them then. (laughs) Uh, And I remember we went up to Alaska, and one of the stops we got off, and if you go on a cruise, the same thing happens at every cruise destination. There's all the um, small shops and cruise-oriented things for tourists to see. And we got off one of the stops, and we stepped past that, and we're like, okay, we're going to find our own adventure in the limited four hours that we have, and we'll just find something. We'll just walk through Alaska till we find something happening. And so we were just walking around wandering, and there was some neighbor in his yard watering his lawns like, the tourists have gone too far. Like, you could see it in his eyes, but he's like, I can't run away now. <laughs> so we walk and we're like, what's something cool that we can do in a few hours right now? Like something that it's not touristy, it's not normal, it's just something that it's only like we would experience. And so he's like, all right, we're going to walk this way, just however many more blocks, then to make a turn, then make it, and we're writing down directions. He's like, you're going to see the Home Depot. Walk to the back parking lot of the Home Depot slowly. And he goes, have a good day. And we're like, what? That was the creepiest thing I have ever heard. But now I need to go, I need to know what's behind Home Depot <laughs> in Alaska right now. So, you know, we're walking, we're, we're both talking like, oh, what do you think's back there? What do you think's going to be behind Home Depot? Probably lumber. <laughs> like, what? So we walk back there. We're walking down the street, walking down the street. We see Home Depot, and we're like, Okay, you can, there's a, there is a side road. You can go behind the Home Depot. And so we're just kind of like, <laughs> okay. Like, this is so ridiculous. We walk back there, and then we freeze because we were not expecting this massive gathering of giant bald eagles just standing in a parking lot. And we're like, this is really neat. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm going to back away slowly. Because, you know, in, like, nature programs, you kind of, you, you see a bald eagle, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, it's a little nest, you know? And then when you're confronted, and they're just standing there, and all of a sudden, their heads all go, and they're all looking at you, and you see their long beaks. Um, how tall were they? They were, they were huge. I was not expecting them to be taller than my four-year-old son. Like, they are ginormous birds. And I was like, <laughs> I've had enough of Alaska. <laughs> I'm out. Those will bite me. The one will just carry me away. <laughs> It was crazy. Seven foot, how do you know? Seven foot wingspan? I didn't even, that's craziness. Um, Did you know the the term of a lot of bald eagles standing together is called convocation? I don't know, it's it's just the word that came up that was there. It means a gathering of eagles. It also means a large formal assembly of people like a church when we gathered together it's the same as a bunch of bald eagles standing in a parking lot behind home depot <laughs> same thing same same <laughs> it's really interesting because we have this sermon series that god placed in our hearts and to bring out but it, it all revolves around the nest 
it's not really the living aspect of it. It's really not the thing, but it, it houses the thing. It houses the life. It houses everything about it. All the life is centered around the nest, but it's not really living. It's just a bunch of sticks, moss, twigs, random whatever the bird can find. Found some reports that they pull in ribbons and twine and yarn and whatever long substance they can find just laying around. They, they weave it into their nest. But it's what surrounds this entire life event. It's, it's so parallel to the church. It's, it's uncanny. There's so much life around it, but this building isn't really the church. It's, it's the structure. It's, it's the people that's the life of the church. But there's stuff that has to happen in order for a, a church, if you will, to be built and to, be, to grow and to all these different things. Our complete focus on the sermon series is what happens around the nest. It was in preparing for this, this sermon and, and talking with Patty about it, and we were praying over it. <coughs> we know what the end goal illustration was, and she's like, are you, are you really going to say that? <laughs> I was like, yes. And she's like, you're going to say that, that illustration? And I was like, yes. And she's like, okay, just making sure. <laughs> and the, the whole concept behind this nest series is looking at what a pastor's relationship to the believers is and what happens from that. Looking at how the mama bird is like a pastor and looking how the mama bird comes in and lays this vision and, the, and these people and then the eggs develop and what happens and breaking out and then the flight and looking at all the life of a nest with the illustration of a relationship between a pastor and a believer in the church. And that's when my wife's like, sure that like you're gonna yes see babe first week did it said it checked off the list <laughs> that's what we're looking at today's message we're we're really looking at how a pastor builds out the infrastructure of the nest and you might be saying okay great um this applies to one person Maybe two people, maybe four people. Awesome. Well, that's not the case in this because in preparing for the nest and researching this and, and God speaking to my heart about this, God said it, what the pastors of a church do is the same parallel of what parents do in their home for their children. Please, right now, do not allow the enemy to lie to you, if you have not birthed a child, that does not mean you are not a spiritual parent. Don't, don't allow the enemy to come in right now. Don't just glaze over this sermon. Don't just throw it away. You are so vital in the kingdom of God, and God is preparing you to be a spiritual mother and a spiritual father. You might be saying, well, my kids, I, I did it. My kids, they raised up. They left. Hallelujah. They're on their own. Well, you still have a season of being a spiritual mother and spiritual father. Your job is not checked off and you're done. For some of you, it might just be beginning. And I, I need you to understand that today as we jump into this sermon series, specifically this message of how a pastor builds out the nest, 
how a, how a bird builds up a nest is parallel to how a pastor builds out a church is parallel to how a, a parent builds out a home for their child. You might be a spiritual parent. You might never have your child go into your home. That doesn't mean you're not building a nest for them. Okay. Let's jump into this. Psalms 23, verse 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Number one, materials. The first thing a bird needs to do with the nest is gather materials. Psalms 23, 2a. Our, our, our whole scripture today is based out of Psalms 23. I'm going to be taking little pieces of it and building out the sermon from it. 23, 2a says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. This in the North American mindset is very easy to understand. It's like, oh yeah, a shepherd probably walks some sheep, and yeah, that's great. He has maybe a staff or something, and he makes the sheep lie down because they need some rest. Great. That's not the case in the context of the scripture. What's happening is when it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, a shepherd in this day and age, rewind a little bit, he's bringing the sheep along, and at nighttime, he would take his staff and dig into the grass and the sod and lift it up, almost so that it became this lifted sod around the edges. So if wolves came, they weren't able to get around it. And he would actually blockade the sheep from the outside environment. He would force them to be surrounded and connected in unity so he could have his eyes on them at all times. They were protected, they were safe, and they were also, the wind wouldn't come on them. They would be able to stay warm, connected. They would be able to be all in one place. It was so much so a protection thing as it was a feeding thing, as it was a comfort thing. It was the shepherd would be able to bring them into such close proximity and unity. And see, it's easy to think like a shepherd goes to a giant field and all of a sudden these sheep are so spread out and it's like, oh, they're being lost. And all. This is actually what's happening. When it talks about the, the 99 sheep and losing one, and it's like, if you really think about it, it's like, well, why weren't more lost? You know, I have two kids, and sometimes I lose both in the house. It's very easy to lose sight of them almost instantaneously. But in this case, they would actually bring this protective shell of grass around them, just like a nest, to keep them in close proximity. Sometimes one might get out. That's what's happening here. The first thing that happens, first material, the main thing is, is the sticks. In the nest, we have a, a nest built on the wall, but I'm going to keep adding to it. We have the sticks, and what these represent is the infrastructure. It, it keeps all of the birds, all the eggs connected together in a unity, if you will. Because without the sticks, the eggs can just fall out of the nest. If eggs are just sitting on a tree branch up here and a bird lands in, they'll probably fall out. The sticks is what holds everything together in the nest concept. <coughs> Likewise, the sticks represent the pastor bringing unity into the church. This is the vision aspect. 
See, one of the things that keeps us all together and unified and living all in unity is the vision of a church. It's saying, this is what we stand for, this is what we do, this is where we're headed, and everyone comes in alignment and says, yeah, we're doing that. Because without unity, without vision, without those things, it's like, oh, I'll do this, yeah, that sounds good, and I'll do this, yeah, that sounds great, and all of a sudden it's just like this crazy mosaic that's not really functioning, but saying we have one singular focus and we're going after it. That brings this unity in. Likewise, do you have unity and vision in your home? Have you ever sat down and said, this is what the vision of our home stands for. This is what we stand for as a family. This is, this is why we exist. This is what we're going to do. Have you ever done that? Please don't shake your head no. <laughs> don't, we'll talk about it later. But the vision aspect brings unity. By saying, you know, we're a family that da-da-da-da-da. All of a sudden, your kids are like, yeah, okay. Your spiritual kids are like, yeah, we, we, are, we are that family. It gives you clarity and understanding that you will move forward and you're going after something and, and you're bringing unity with everyone behind you. Mas. Mas. This is the, the squishy one. to jump really high. <laughs> the moss represents the cushion. The cushion. It's what really makes it viable for the eggs to actually sit inside the wooden sticks without cracking. Good job. High five. High five. High five, Danny. Good job. <laughs> it's the it's the cushion. Storing an egg on a bunch of sticks is not a good idea. It, it will most likely crack. It will most likely break. But when they're sitting on top of moss, all of a sudden when the bird lands in and sits on top of the eggs, there's cushion. It, 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 can, it can dampen the harsh barriers. This really represents when the pastor is giving the word of God and it brings in illustrations and creativity and understanding, application, this is the cushion of the harsh truth. Rather than just saying, hey, guess what? Da, 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 and you're like, ah, I don't like that. It hurts. The pastor needs to be able to bring out the word of God in such a way that you, it's received and ran with. That represents the moss in it. Likewise, when we're parenting and, and we're bringing about spiritual kids and, and we're parenting, it's how do you talk to your kids about what needs to happen? What's like the classic saying? It's not what you said, but it's how you said it. And how we communicate to our, our children, our spiritual kids, is so vital. It's huge. We need to make sure we have a little moss in our nests, if you will. Likewise, when you have too much moss, it can fill up the nest, and eggs can just roll on out with ever without ever developing. You need to find that balance. Too much cushion, too much, too much illustration, too much um, 
whatever, barrier between the truth and application, and all of a sudden it goes right over the heads and like, oh, that was so nice. And it's like, oh, you didn't get that at all. There's a, there's a mix between it. And then C, mud. You want to do another one more? Can you help me one more? Okay. Oh, she's asking. She's like, yes. <laughs> Emmy's ready. Usually it's only like one time. Oh. <laughs> Mud. This is the insulation. This is what insulates to keep the warmth in. Because eggs, they have to have so much temperature and warmth in order to develop the the bird inside, right? If it gets too cold, it'll die. It has no chance of living. So with the mud, uh, I'm going I'm to wait because everyone's so close. Emmy, good job, Emmy. Good job. High five, one more time. Nice. <laughs> and the mud keeps it insulated. So what does this represent? It represents application that comes with the word. It represents taking the word of God and running with it long term. It's like an insulation. It's, it's not just hearing something and going, man, that sounded really good. Hey, what are you doing for lunch anyways? <laughs> and then it's gone. That's not insulated. Insulation means you're, you're keeping it. You're holding on to it. You're running with it. There's something happening with the word of God within you. Uh, this, this church, we always focus on giving application. But in this, this year, we're really ramping that up in our vision. We're actually doing something with the application midweek, and I'm really excited. I can't announce it now. I'm just giving it. I'm just teasing. It's like, yes, it's going to be awesome. It's happening, but I can't tell you about it yet. <laughs> Same factor as the pastor gives the word of God and running along with that, that insulation, that application factor. Are we as parents giving our kids what they need to run long-term with it? Do we just tell kids, like, yeah, you should love Jesus, and that's the end, and they're like, oh, okay, thanks, that helps. Are we giving them the practical understanding and application to say, this is how you pray when you're hurting. This is how you deal with being let down. This is, this, are we giving them the practical application of how to live out the word of God throughout their lives? Because they need a little mud in their lives, illustratively speaking, on the nest. They need the insulation. They need to run long-term with it. I think the reason why we have the statistic that most children leave the church when they go to college is because they haven't been taught the application parts of the Word of God. I really believe that's why. And I'm sorry, but it'll oftentimes it's because the parents are expecting a pastor in one hour a week to teach them what really needs to be taking 80 hours a week to do. And we're like, hey, can't, can't my pastor pa like teach my kids and parent them? No. We'll give you the word of God that really falls on the parents' responsibility. Like, I, 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 I'm willing to bet this stat. I haven't even talked to our teachers in the room, and I know we got a couple. How many parents have expected you as a teacher to parent, <laughs> just this la the smile and shaking the head tells it all. The counting on fingers, you don't have enough fingers. Okay, it tells it all. 
the responsibilities on the parents to make sure it goes forward. You might be saying, but I've never been taught that. I don't have that. Because you need to find a spiritual parent to teach you that. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. We all need spiritual parents. Because we need to keep growing. We need to keep advancing. We need to keep moving forward. So going back to the, the nest illustration, first thing is you need all the materials in place, but then there's also a whole timing factor that has to happen. You don't just go out and build a nest because you need to build a nest. No bird is like, you know what? I'm a little bored today. I'm the early bird. I caught the worm. Let's build a nest. That's not really what happens. They only build a nest in the right season at the right time with the right motivation. It doesn't just happen and get winged just be, because whatever. Number two, timing. Psalms 23, 2b through 3a says, He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. A, commitment. Going back to the verse and pulling out, I like how it says, He leads. He leads me. He, he leads me. There's a commitment. If he wasn't leading you, you wouldn't be committed to following him. There's a commitment aspect. As Jesus commits to leading us, we commit to following him. So does a pastor commit to leading the church? The question really is also, are you committed to leading your children? Are you committed to saying, you know, I'm going to see your life all the way through. And I think this weighs heavier on spiritual parents because it's kind of easy to say, well, you know what? They hurt my feelings, and I can walk away for a little bit. No! Those are the times you got to press in. Those are times you're saying, you know what? It's okay that you're angry and you're hurting and you're lashing out because of whatever, but I'm committed to you. I don't care what you say. We're going to see this through. Commitment. I was reading all these studies on, on eagles and different birds. Um, after the mating season happens, there's a commitment, and that's the timing that they go after start building a nest. Commitment always happens prior to the nest building. Every single time. What I'm getting at here is as soon as we start committing and getting commitment in our lives and not just saying, you know what, I like this person now and now I don't like this person. Or, you know what, my husband's great today, but he's not going to be great tomorrow. I'll be on the fence about that relationship. It's commitment. We can't see the fullness of the growth and the fullness of the kingdom of God without commitment first. When we, when we take on spiritual children, we have to have the commitment of this is lifelong not this is two weeks because that's what I got. Lifelong. B. Vision. Going back to the verse, it says, He leads me besides the still waters. He leads me besides. Vision is all of a sudden you start seeing new things. I like this concept of Jesus leading us by still waters because prior to that, 
we are not by still waters, water representing life and growth. And all of a sudden, God leads us by these things. We start seeing them, and we start having this new vision. And when we have new vision, that's the season when nest building happens. See, these birds, what started with commitment, all of a sudden they had vision. They start feeling something happen, and all of a sudden instincts start happening, and they start wanting to build a nest because they have a vision of offspring coming. Within a church, we have a vision of new growth, so we start putting in place building aspects. Like with our kids' ministry, it's so cool. I don't know if you, anyone walked to the back and saw it. We put down new cement. Has anyone seen that today? There is caution tape. It looks horrible, but it's still being cured. We can't walk in it for like five more days. We're, we're building because we have vision of the families and the children that are coming. We know that they're coming. And we're putting down the, the new flooring with the kids. It's going to look so good. We're building these aspects. In our ch- in our, with our adults, we're building out the new vision. We have, we're beta testing the next sermon series. I'm so excited for it. And then we're launching the vision this year. It's so cool. I mentioned earlier, still water represents the life that is coming and the surrounding things. It's really neat how Jesus says that he leads us near still water. He leads us near the beginning process of new life is. That still water, it represents everything prior to it going down into the roots, to growing the trees, to growing the flowers, to growing everything. It it represents the new life of the sheep that will be coming and drinking from it and having new lambs. Sheep make lambs, right? Did I mix that up? No, I'm totally wrong on that. Awesome. Is that right? Right? Okay, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Got a blank stare, and I was like, I need to go to the petting zoo more often, figure these things out. Study up. Vision. A pastor re- receives vision and passes it out to the church. God speaks and then receives it, distributes it, and all of a sudden a new life comes from it. And because of that, we go into a building phase. When there's new vision, we go into growth. Likewise, with our families. Have we gotten the vision I mentioned earlier, and have we started talking to our family and saying, this year we want to do this, this year we want to do that? It's not necessarily about, like, this year we want to go on vacation here. That's not really what I'm talking about. This year, let's go to Disneyland. That's our, that's our one-year vision goal. We're going to do that. It's going to be great. I'll talk to you guys later. That's not w- really what I'm getting at saying like this year, guys, I, I want to grow closer to Jesus and we're going to grow closer to Jesus by doing this and this and this. We're going to do this as a family. And see, pulling out of the verse, he leads me by, besides the still waters, he restores my soul. See is restoration. Restoration. It's the timing of all. With vision and building, comes restoration and rejuvenation. Have you ever just been like super frustrated and you just haven't seen anything happen? You're like, man, my life feels stuck right now. Have you ever just like felt like that in your life? Like nothing's happening. It's frustrating. I'm just growing gray hairs. I'm over it. <laughs> I just want to see something. Why are, you, why are you smirking at me like that, David? Did you notice my gray hairs? <laughs> Your gray hairs. <laughs> restoration. 
there's a promise that happens. Soon we have commitment and we have vision. All of a sudden, there's restoration in our hearts. We're saying, God, I'm committing to, to you this year through thick and thin, through frustration, through awesomeness, through greatness, through ugliness. I'm committed. And all of a sudden, there's vision that's coming in from it. Our souls and our hearts are just rejuvenated. It's like, you know, I'm going after a purpose this year. I'm putting things in place for new growth. I might not see it yet, but I'm going to start building it. I'm going to feel the dreams it right now. (laughs) Thanks, Janelle. Restoration. Just kind of speaking at this for a second. um, I think this is one of the, the trips or falls that a lot of parents can come across is, I'm going to say seasoned parents, where you have a child that's raising up and they, can't, they might reach an age where all of a sudden they, they're frustrating you or they're disobeying or they're doing their own life or doing whatever. And all of a sudden you, you get a hope for them. Say, you know what, I'm going to pray through this. I'm going to see them change. I'm going to see this happen and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden they're disappointed because the outcome the next day isn't what you expected. And there's a callousness that can build up. Just saying, yeah, I was frustrated. I had hope. It didn't work. You know what? I'm going to hope less next time. And I just, I really want to speak to that of when you start building and having new vision and rejuvenation and all these different things, you got to have hope again. You can't have the mentality of, I'm going to wait and see what happens, and if it's good, then I'll start hoping. That's not hope. That's like seeing that it happened and then saying, okay, good, we're good. Hope is like an anchor to our souls, right? It's a, it, the Bible describes it as like an anchor that goes underwater and it catches on a rock. You can't see that, but you know that you're securely fastened. Just like with our children, our spiritual children. Are we anchored onto them saying, you know what, I'm going to hope for them. I believe they're going to turn around. I believe that this cancer is going to go away. I believe all these different things. It's not, gonna, it's not having the I- idea of it's, I'm going to hope and wait and see, but saying I know that God is going to show up. Proverbs 28, 18a says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, where there's no hope, you will feel dead inside. Look at the most frustrating, aggravating times in your life and reflect on if you had vision and hope during those times. Some of the best things we can do when we're frustrated is pray for new vision in our lives. God, give me vision at my workplace because it's so bad right now. And all of a sudden God will say, okay, let's give vision of, of healing. Let's give vision of salvation. Let's give vision of these, and he'll start speaking to you about different things. Those are the times when you'll start seeing some praise reports come in, and they're awesome. Okay, going back to the nest. So you got the, the materials, you got the timing, but you need the location. Psalms 23.3, he leads me into the paths of righteousness for he, his name's sake. You guys ever heard the saying, location, location, timing? How's the saying going? That's right. <laughs> 
just kidding. <laughs> Three locations, location, location, location. A, birds build their location for protection, for protection. A majority of birds build their nests up high because it's all about protection. Bottom line is so the enemy can't run along and snatch a helpless egg away. A pastor is called to lead the church along paths of righteousness. Paths to live a morally high lifestyle so that we're not snatched away by the enemy. That's what our goal is. As a parent, it's the same way. Saying, you know what, I want to build protection into your life. I think it's really devastating when kids get so sidetracked at such a young age. When it's like such, such small things that can be done by as a parent are sometimes neglected and forgotten, and then a kid gets messed up. Do you know how many kids' lives would be changed if we just put security measures on our router so kids can't access certain sites? Lives would be drastically changed as a child. Er, I, I, I promise you, do you know how many children in youth ministry I talk to bawling their eyes out and telling me the ages that they experienced certain devastating things that they were so confused by and their whole life got messed up and they're at this right now because of one button a parent could have clicked to deactivate certain things. Crazy. Our job is to protect our offspring. Likewise, as spiritual parents, are you talking to someone, they might be older than you, about safeguards, about protecting themselves in their life. B, location, 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 for flight. Do you know nests are positioned in a way that when the bird launches out, it's ready to soar? Because it'll take them maybe one second, half a second to fumble in the air, and then all of a sudden, they're good to fly. Nests are built for the vision of them flying at the end of it. Some nests are actually built in the ground because those birds are ground dwellers and they get used to hunting and finding things in the ground and then they take off. But it's all built around where their vision next season is held. A pastor positions ministry so people can soar in their calling and purpose. That's really what it's about. In our church, we are setting up people for success saying, this is how you identify your purpose. Now let's step into your purpose and move forward. We position our ministry like that. Likewise with kids, are you identifying what their giftings and callings and purpose are? That's one of the best things you can do as a parent. Just speak life on them. Like, wow, you are so creative. You love to draw. Can you draw me something else? Uh, you love to sing. Can, let's, let's get a pretend microphone. Can you put on a little performance for me tonight? Are we nurturing their giftings? Because sometimes as parents, we can be tired and be like, you know what? Maybe tomorrow. Don't do that. <laughs> Just put in the extra two minutes that it takes because it's ultimately so important for a kid's growth. All right. Last point, C. Location for remembering. Have you ever heard, don't forget where you came from? That location is implanted on a bird. It's implanted, bless you. Whenever, whenever a parent 
does for their children, the traditions, the, the love, the caring, the different things, that implants memory onto our children. So they carry out those traditions. It's why it's so important. The Bible always talks about how important it is for a parent to train them when they're young so they don't depart from it. That's this aspect. One of, one of the cutest things that I think, I think you did for Ollie with, um, with Uno. Again, Uno. If you talk to Ollie about Uno, be warned, he will challenge you for the rest of your life at playing Uno all the time. But one of the things, I think, Patty, you, you came up with this a while ago, and it, it's the cutest thing to watch because Ollie, all of a sudden now, he'll, he'll, if he can't find a person to play with, he'll d- dial out all his cards, deal them out, and he has two hands, and he'll start playing. He's like, and he starts mouthing all these words, right? He's, he's not really talking to anyone. And one time, um, Patty, Patty told him, like, okay, we're, you know, we're, we have to do these different things. We're praying for dinner. Can you, can you play with God? Or he, oh, he came up with it. So he came up with, like, can you play with God? And so all of a sudden now, Ollie is playing against God, and he's like, ah, God won today. <laughs> and then sometimes he's like, I beat God. I tricked him. <laughs> Made him drop four. <laughs> and he gets, he gets really into it. And it's, it's not just because, hey, listen how cute my child is. It's what are ways that we can get our children in playful and creative ways talking and praying with God? It's such a creative way to have him start praying with God. He has his own prayer life. He's kind of beating God at Uno right now, but he's not shy or scared or nervous to talk to God. There are so many people. He'll sit down and it's like, okay, let's pray. You go first. And they're like, I don't know how to pray. But you can talk to friends, right? Well, yeah. You can talk to God as if he's a friend. Really? Yes. That's how it works. Develop in our children and our spiritual kids, no matter what age they are, a prayer lifestyle. Don't let them forget where they came from. Love it. Just wrapping it up in Psalms 23.3, it says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The concept of the nest, of leaving it there, the concept of implanting God it's all about for Jesus' namesake. So we don't forget where we came from. We don't forget everything that Jesus did, everything that we are doing in this life. Let's go ahead and um, I want us to stand up right now and go ahead and close our eyes. I'm going to go ahead and pray for our communion. Lord, thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. Thank you for teaching us and giving us the ability to live life together. Lord, as we